they're like, uh, okay, so when John Heder gets here, and I'm like, do we not know that it's Heater at this point? Like, I get it when you see it on paper, it can look like Heder, yeah. um, but it's like, it's one of those things. I, I actually hadn't heard Tegon until we were at uh, ThetaCon and a few people were like, uh, I think it was when we were taking photos in front of the huge inflatable Tigon where someone was like, oh, oh, look at it, it's a huge Tigon. I was like, do we Sounds have a so weird to hear. You know, yeah. Like yeah. a T-Rex Tigon? Is it a Tigon? Like, like the Tigons are here too? <laughs> Papa's popping and locking. Magnum scrutinizing. Papa Max Pinecast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 31 of the Poppin' Mags Pinecast. Mags, we are up to 208 days since we were told it'll be a few weeks until we can get our NFTs off of Theta Drop. And guess what? They're still there. What's, what's, what, what do you think this is going to end? Um, well, at this point, I don't envision it happening this year. I guess I guess I guess we True. gotta hope for for a few weeks being less than a year at this point. You know, I'm hoping I'm hoping Q1. But I, honestly, I, you know, after Wes's answer at the AMA at ThetaCon, it didn't leave me warm and fuzzy about getting our NFTs off of Theta Drop. So I'm not sure, but we will continue to count. All right, we're gonna keep counting it up. <laughs> Might as well. And speaking of counting. You know, I was tempted to start another reverse countdown because I know you left ThetaCon sat Sunday morning. Yeah, I, we we know, we know. I regret it. So, uh, yes, yep, I was not um, there. You were not there for the shout out from Andrea, which okay, you know, whatever. But during that same time frame, uh, Jerry, the head of NFTs from ThetaDrop, was also on uh, on the stage. And there was, I forget what the question was, but uh, he kind of gave us breaking news that there was going to be a new validator, uh, that there was a new validator, but they just, I think he said within a few days we would know the ink was, was not yet dry or something like that. But he mentioned that within a few days we would know who it was. And we got to the point where it was a week and a half. And earlier this week, he there was a... a an announcement that it was trusted media brands um, that is the new validator. And they actually were the ones that had the pet collective drop as well as fail army. So we were gonna, we were gonna, I was, I was all ready to start another count reverse countdown, but a couple days ended up being about a week and a half. How does that sound for your couple? Is that okay? Well, I think a couple of days being a week and a half, would make a few weeks. Let's do some math here. What that's like times call it ten. Uh, so I mean, in this instance, a couple of days being a week and a half was was way closer to calendar accuracy than a few weeks is. So uh, Jerry was still off based on a calendar, but not as off as we were told about the NFTs. So it seems like they're getting better. Uh, quite a, a week of pines. This week, I'm not sure if you noticed. Did you notice any large did activity? It, did I notice pines? Any large activity? Yeah, I, I saw some activity. And and this one wasn't really led by you this week either. But you know, I think the uh, the major move of the week was this major, massive major. trade. 
between catch and chief. Did you, did you happen to catch that one? I yeah, I'm confused with this one, honestly. So so just this uh, it's a T fuel hat theta glasses guardian. Which my it's okay. So no, so this used to be my guardian. I trade I traded to Chief. It used to be catches. Mm-hmm. But so catch did catch mint this that is, one? This is a this is a catch twenty two. So what hap- <laughs> what happened was Chief owned Robocop. Then uh, apparently Chief was winding out of pines during this time. And he made a deal with Ketch for it, but Ketch needed to sell something. So Ketch sold me his Guardian for T-Fuel. Uh, and this was back in the day where it was the fastest finger, right? Where you couldn't send offers. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So then he, so he got that. And then, um, so eventually when Chief comes back in, Chief gets Robo from him, right? Right. Now I have the Guardian. Catch ha- Catch doesn't have any of that, and Chief has Robo. And then, and then, with my blockbuster trade with Chief uh, from a few weeks back, uh, feels like a few few days. It feels like a few weeks back, if you know what I mean. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, it's been only actually a week if you're if we're going like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, w- what happened was, well, this goes back, a, you know, literally a few weeks though, but calendar Ketch weeks, then, yes. Catch got a custom pine, right? You Correct. recall it? Yes, right. I do. Oh, yeah. Then he worked a deal with Chief to get Robocop to join him. Right. And then, because I, because I made the deal with Catching, and I knew Catch was, um, been, has been on him to get this Guardian back. And lo and behold, he he gets the guardian back. So catch just wound up with everything. Well, he gave up a lot. But now, do you know? Like, is this one that catch minted originally? I, I think it was. Don't know. Offhand. So, so he gave up six pines for this guardian. It was a blue mummy wrap with a hockey stick, and a non with a machete, uh, an SPS pin, and floating T fuel. Color camo face robo gun, uh, an army dude with a shotgun, and a theta pin uh, with a blue grin. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have given up the the guardian for those six. No. Okay. Fair enough. Would you? That's a lot of. That's a lot of pines. Um, tough to say. I'm not in that position. I, I don't have a guardian, so I wouldn't know. I've never been. Never been there. Okay. I'm not sure what it's like to own a guardian. I, I keep. Oh. Yeah, it'd be nice for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, I think everything's a trick question, and I just keep, like, I, like not understanding, and that's why I, we keep detracting like this. All right, hey, no tricks there. But uh, okay, I Go also ahead. saw that there was a beautiful silver skull that got sold this week. Yes, I think that was like twenty five hundred dollars in T fuel. What a what a steal! I mean, a ton of T fuel, but a steal at a U.S. dollar price, and it went to uh, a guy that we met for the first time at ThetaCon, which is cool to see. The guy that owns the Bruce Lee. Oh wow, that's uh, looks like he's reengaging, nice, huh? Nice addition to his uh, to his stash there for sure. And then I don't know who this is. I'm not sure if this guy was at ThetaCon, but we got a mudra a mudra man on the loose, bro. Oh my god! Oh, Ralph. it was like like four of them, right? He's got six mudras. But he bought like, yeah, it's crazy. 
I mean, so I think that he bought one or two before some, like, there was a picture that was posted by Rare last week, right? With the, it was like a, you almost had like a fighting garb on, you know what I mean? Okay. And I think this guy, Ralph, bought one or two before that picture was posted. And then he, then the picture was posted and then he just kept on buying. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. For six mudras, though. I mean, obviously they're rare, but that's that's going after it. Wow. So good luck to him. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems like he, he got a... He paid a, a more comfortable price with them than they've been like the floor has been with them. The yeah, I mean, he high. raised the yeah the the floor is up now for sure. Last I saw, mm-hmm. it was three k, and I think he was getting these closer to two. But right, pretty good. I mean, pretty good. And then uh, I don't. I mean, just a little peek behind the curtain. We had quite a busy week this week with <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, interviews, and. One of these guys, uh, specifically the guy that we we interviewed on Wednesday, came into our show not owning any pines. Mm-hmm. And I was just happened to be on Twitter uh, just recently, and now I see a, a tweet from him, and he's a one of the newest, probably the newest pine holder. So welcome to the pine community, Wes Sherwin. Oh, awesome! Congrats, Wes. Oh, yeah. And I also happen to notice where that pine came from. Where? I didn't see a name. <laughs> I saw a name. I saw a name in a nice little 10T fuel sale. So that was awful nice of you, uh, Mags. You got any more 10T fuel pines for sale? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, T fizzles. Hard to hide behind uh, 100 and some odd pines over there. <laughs> and, and Magnum PI, no less. No comment. All right, all right. Well, we we may get some technical help, so that that that's good. Hey, whatever, it's all good, man. So, well, welcome, welcome, Wes. That's good. That was cool to see. So, I don't know if you saw this week. You know, obviously, back in December, January of last year, we were we were seeing uh, hacked accounts all the time on Data Drop. It was driving me nuts. You know, like people just using too common of passwords and getting their accounts ripped off. Well, saw again this week with a salad, S A L O D. You know, we, all of a sudden he, he's got a, a squirt gun pine that just drops like way below floor to one sixty. Oh, and, wow. Uh, our, our boy favorite pine picked him up. Yeah. And then he, and then, you know, the, the sure fire sign is right away. He turns around and buys something else for like 270 and then drops it to 150 cash. So it's the, it was yeah. like the, the old attempt to get T fuel and get it off the site as quick as possible. So you hate seeing it. I mean, guys, we need, we need two FA on our accounts. You got to be careful out there. And, you know, at least, at least it's not happening as much as it was what? before. So just let's bring this back in. What's 2FA? Because I'm tracking, they, they're like sponsors on Sesame Street for an episode I saw. <laughs> the uh, the number of the day along with the letters. <laughs> the uh, Well, 2FA is two-factor authentication. So you get your Google Authenticator or, or whatever app you got and just link it up so that when you're signing in, you got to use the Authenticator app as well to, to sign in. That way no one can steal your account. 
That sounds and I would probably like a smart not, move. Yeah, and, and also a smart move would be not to use the same password for everything. Uh, so change up the passwords because if if you got the same password for Theta Drop as you have for your email, guess what? <laughs> they figure one out and you're toast. So yep. Go in there. I'm sure what it is is they go in there, they change the email and account, they change the the phone number, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're done. You know, they they up they add it to a two factor authentication, and now your account is their account, and whatever you had in there you can just consider it gone. It's a shame. The more you know, okay. Yeah. So I actually saw something on Twitter as well this week, and I wanted to question you about this. You want to question me about it? I do, yeah. Okay. There was an update to Studio 1A I saw. (laughs) Oh, we're talking about this is actually happening. We're talking about this. Well, I think it has to be talked about. I'm I'm just wondering where the funding came from for this upgrade. This this upgrade came out of my own pocket. <laughs> is where it came from. So any, any more brain busters or? So what's the so how come you are Studio One A and I'm Six F? What, what what's up with that? <laughs> I, you got to talk to Bob. I don't know. I, all I, I'm not talking to Bob. I'm talking to Max. I know, but I don't I don't run the studio scheduling. I I don't know what to tell you, but for some reason I was given One A. And 1A was in line for some upgrades, and uh, I, I took them. Wait, but so 6F is, isn't bad either. Wait, is, is Bob the same guy that responded to Wes via DM? Is that the same guy? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that guy. Can't trust him. No. Cannot trust him at all. Um, no, but I upgraded. I, I kind of upgraded a bit, and um, you did. you chose not to. Yeah. Yeah, I got to figure out some upgrades over here. And I don't know if you, you saw this on Twitter. I, I think you did because you were the one trying to suss me into a whole freaking. <laughs> I'm very disappointed it didn't work. It did not work. I, I, I took the high road on this one um, and just just let you whine and attract other shame. people to whine with you because I never stopped you from, from upgrading uh, your, your studio. <laughs> and... And and also too, it was a bit deceiving because you record on your phone when when we do these usually, and yeah. you you had the headphones, these massive yeah. massive headphones. I don't think you're using them. I am a hundred percent. They're on right now. Then what, if they if it works, then then why get rid of it? That, that's that? what I'm saying. That's okay. what I'm saying. But yours was working before too, and you upgraded for some reason. Was it? I the, was it not? I lost an hour part of an interview with Andrea and you um, oh. with that microphone. Uh, okay. So here we go. So uh, is it working? Okay. If that's, Hey, listen, smart move. Studio one, a needs to be pristine. That's for sure. Yeah. We need yeah, to keep I don't know our what's talent. going on with, with, with six F six F man. <laughs> the standards are low and that's okay. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, this week, I think I can speak for both of us when I just say that we are truly humbled by the guests that we were able to have. Yeah. How the hell did we get guests like this? <laughs> Honestly, a real close friend of the Pinecast certainly helped in a major way. Had to yeah. have been. But it was our absolute pleasure to host John Heater 
and Justin Trevor Winters. And that interview is coming up next after these messages. This week's episode is brought to you by Sizzle Popcorn, the official popcorn of Pop and Mag's Pinecast. Choose from a variety of delicious flavors, including lightly salted, cheddar, salt and vinegar, Mexican chili, maple syrup, and yeah, even ketchup. The perfect snack for any occasion. Use promo code POPPINMAGS at checkout for an additional 10% off. That's POP ampersand MAGS. And now for the Tygon Fishing Report. This December, the best days to fish are going to be December 27th and 28th in the evenings. And that's your weather and Tygon Fishing Report, courtesy of our Storm Tracker 49, using only the livest Doppler. Back to you, Poppin' MAGS. Papa Max podcast. Uh, so what's up, guys? Yeah, guys, thank you so much for uh, for joining us here. You know, you guys uh, keep it keep it real over there. We're just a couple of cartoon pineapples, so uh, you know our standards are pretty high as well uh, <laughs> on our end. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I don't know if you guys are familiar. This is actually the first time we're doing video. Our agent Andrea forced us to uh, to step our game up a bit. I know I tried to, I was like talking to her about crashing. Uh, and then I was like, we should do like a Russian roulette where we just have random people show up, you know, really mix up the podcast format and just have people crash. And then we have to deal with whatever they bring to the table, but maybe we'll save that for next time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems like uh, a good place to start would be ThetaCon, right? And uh, I heard that there was an unfortunate mishap that occurred at ThetaCon. Was it? Which which mishap? You know that I almost died, right? Is that what you're that would about? be yeah. the mishap? Wait, John, wait, what? John doesn't even know. John Are you serious? We're breaking oh. this now. What? Breaking yeah. news. Uh, so, um, we. Is we, this after or before? This is after. Yeah, I, I I spent three days in the ER. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, okay, okay. You so this, this time last week was my first night in the ER. So um and we can kind of blame most of it on our uh yacht and the uh, geocaching. Um, okay, okay, yeah, please explain. <laughs> so well, okay, so the 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 origin story. I uh I think you know this time of year people are always battling something. I'd had like a sore throat going for like a couple of weeks. It wasn't bad. I had no other symptoms. It was just kind of this consistent thing. I figured it was because, you know, we've been doing a lot of like podcasts and panels and stuff. And it's like all day long talking about all these great, you know, exciting things that we're working on. So I was just kind of battling through it. Didn't think too much of it. On Sunday of ThetaCon, we decided a bunch of us to go out on a friend's boat. And what better than to, you know, jump off of the highest part of a boat if you're on it. Um, so we're, you know, we're like jumping off and having a great time. And, and that was out like in the ocean, which is great. And then we were kind of in this area where there's, you know, channels and homes and it was, uh, a little bit more bog esque. And, uh, we, uh, we're going geocaching. Are you guys familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, basically it's, it's basically like modern day treasure hunting. There's a bunch of like little pieces of treasure 
hidden all over the world. And if you yeah, if you want to call it treasure, you know, it's you know, really just signing a paper log. But <laughs> yes, the the finding of it is the treasure. Yeah. It's crazy. Like people who don't know geocaching, look it up, become a part of it. It's little, yeah, little like uh, pieces of treasure all over the world. And like you can find them. And of course, you know, John and I have kind of geeked out over geocaching for the last decade or so and shared it with a lot of people. And we were doing it all over Fort Lauderdale. And so we're on this, this <laughs> dare I say, yacht or or boat um and we're like hey there's some in the channel like let's let's go find them so the next thing you know we're like swimming through jungle brush and like climbing up on uh like towers and climbing under uh uh like wharfs and and piers and stuff just a quick just a quick insert normally geocache is land-based this was the first time ever that we realized we went into this actual lake area that was, well, it was connected to the channel. So it was still seawater, but I was like, I looked at all these caches on the, you know, on the app when you're looking for them. And I was like, Oh, looks like you, we discovered that there were like three or four of them in this place that you had to access only by water. You could only access it because otherwise you'd be, you know, stomping on um, private property or almost getting into, we, we had a security guy trying to stop us. At one point, we knew where one was. I was pretty sure it was under a dock, and I, and, and Justin was the brave one who I didn't even I didn't even think about it. And he jumped in and went under the dock, and I was like, "It should be right under here." So yeah, it was fun. It was fun, but it was only it was water based. So it was the most I guess adventurous that we had, you know, gone to the to those lengths to find these geocaches. Sorry. And these were like skill level, difficulty level fours out of fives, which are pretty challenging to find. And we found two out of the three. So we felt pretty accomplished and we signed the log, you know, so we we left a little Tigon mark behind and we got back on the boat and I noticed that my foot was bleeding because uh, I'd cut it on something underneath the dock. And the the couple that was that took us out on their boat they were like, oh, you got to be really careful. That's probably going to get infected. So they kept hosing it off. Um, and they were like, we want to make sure to give you like some hydrogen peroxide, some polyspore and all of that. Um, and I was like, is it really that bad? And they're like, you have no idea the amount of bacteria that's in this channel. Like you have to be really careful. So I just oh. kind of logged that, but I didn't think too much of it. And I'm like then- literally looking at my hands right now because I cut myself the tiniest little nick on yeah. my hand in that same area. And I was just like, uh Oh, well, uh, plot twist, spoiler alert. I have no foot left. They had to amputate. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I, and actually it is kind of a plot twist. So I, I get home and my throat that had hurt for the last couple of weeks was actually hurting like 10 times more. I could hardly swallow. It felt like I was like chewing on shards of glass and swallowing them. And I woke up Tuesday morning to my glands swollen this big my uvula, which is that little punching bag that hangs out in the back, was completely swelled up. I couldn't talk and I could barely breathe. Oh my gosh. Um, so I was like, oh, this is not good. So for some reason, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I can go to urgent care. They're probably going to give me some antibiotics and I'll be fine. So I, I drove myself to urgent care. I walked in and the doctor like had this shocked look on her face. And she's like, you need to get to the ER now. Like, this is very serious. And I'm like, where's the ER? She's like, well, it's only a few blocks. So I walked 
to the ER and my, I couldn't talk like I, I, I all like trying to talk like that. And I got there and immediately they were like, okay, uh, they injected me with uh, steroids, antibiotic, rushed me into the ER, you know, put, hooked me to an IV. I had like needles in both of my arms. Um, and I still, for some reason was like, oh, like I'll probably be leaving here at the end of the day. And they were like, no, we need to uh, make sure that you're going to be okay. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was in there. Holy for, cow. Uh, yeah. How did you guys know about this? What did you put this out there, Justin? I didn't even hear about this. Investi- they're investigative journalists. Obviously they do their <laughs> research before their guests come on. Well, we've got a source. We, we have a source. I was talking with this unnamed source and I said, Andrea, <laughs> I can't confirm. Andrea. I can't confirm that. Could be. But anyways, I said, so if something had, I don't know why this came up, but I said, if something happened to Justin Trevor Winters, would it become verified labs? And uh, she says, you know what? We had a conversation and she She, says, he just, he just said it. (laughs) Sorry. It could be a different, could be different. It's a very common name. Yeah. But anyways, uh, she said that unknown person again said that, uh, your team, I don't know if they're ready to take over if if he went down. Well, you know, what's oh, so God. funny is we had like really important calls uh, that week, one of which was with the sandbox, really solidifying our partnership, how we were going to move forward. I've, you know, this is a team effort. We're all partners here, but I had been kind of taking point on that. And I'm texting the guys and I'm like, I'm in the ER this, you know, and, and the sandbox is French based. So we had a 6 a.m. call with them on Wednesday morning. And I'm like, I'm told I can't talk for a few days. Like, you know, can you handle it? And it's been really challenging this whole time working with them to get traction, to move forward, to get everything done. And I had 100% confidence in everybody, but I just wasn't going to be able to be a part of it. And of course, like, I'm not there but I'm getting all of the like Slack messages and texts as they're going through. And they're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yes, better than we could imagine. Like all these things. And I'm like, see, you guys never needed me to begin with. Like you you go like now, now I feel like I'm just going to delegate and be like, I'm going to retire. I'm done. Like they, they got everything on their own. Like they figured it out. It was the best it could have been. That kind of happened progressively through the week as I realized more and more I wasn't a part of things. It's kind of like when you you have like the, you know, you have the avid sports fan that like leaves the room and all of a sudden their favorite team scores a touchdown and then they kick them out and they're like, you can't watch the game anymore. <laughs> I felt like yep. I was that guy where I was like, I guess I'll just have to stay in the ER for a few more days as you guys like close deals and, uh, you know, make this verified labs even better than it is. Um, so they, they were fully functional without me. So maybe that means I can just retire here if I need to. So I'm assuming that was Brian and Matt. That we're leading the charge there? It was, and and Billy um as well. They were all on the call. Billy, Billy's actually been uh kind of the point person at, at with the sandbox, Billy and I. Billy's really solidified the relationships and friendships. B- Billy's superpower is everyone loves him. He's like the nicest human being, he's very genuine. He's the one that like can strike up a conversation with anyone anywhere at any time. I I can't, I know that's not my strength. So, but it's great. Like he's already played golf, you know, with like the guys at the sandbox. He's like talking about, oh, when are we going to get drinks? Let's grab coffee. Like, let's do all these fun things. So 
he um, he was a big part of that. Uh, and obviously, because we were talking about Tygons um, and and a bit about Dog and and a bit about Tupac, uh, Matt was taking a lot of uh, those those questions and answering them. And so again, like a a team effort, uh, which was great. Yeah, that sounds a bit like Magnum. You know, everywhere he goes, he's just making friends with everybody, and you know, no one ever you know has a bad thing to say about him. It's, it's wild. I haven't it's, had a lawsuit in a while. It must, be nice. <laughs> it must be nice. Now, I, I'm sorry, I'm still kind of new to this party. So I see it on the on the little window. It says Magnum Popper and Popper. Yeah. So I'm Sheriff Popper, and you know he just tries to like. No. He, he's he's Magnum Pi. Napple. Pi Napple. Yeah. <laughs> but it, really, the the thing. No is, questions were answered. But, no, this is important. <laughs> so you go by Mags because it's called the Mags and Pop, right? Popcat. Pop and Pop. Mags. Pop and Mags. Pop. Let me Pop let me uh, apologize for John. I am one of your tens and tens of oh, listeners. Shit. Oh wow! So I'm very aware of the title of the podcast. I'm very aware of your dynamic. I know a lot about you guys. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, so at least one of us here. Uh, John John is going to be introduced to the fandom and be a part of it too, but we're we're gonna. There's a little you, process of getting there. You think John's ready for the tens and tens of uh, listeners we have? I think he's pushing us maybe over into maybe he's the hundredth listener, which you know could yeah. Be wow. Wow. I, I was I was talking with Matt and Matt. I don't know if it was Matt or Brian, but uh, they're very interested to, to compare ratings on this episode versus their episode. Okay, so I did what, what episode of all oh, of whose episode, Brian, Brian and Matt's. Yeah, yeah. I will say, and that's that's Brian's superpower is like he's the one liner, like he he's like the comic relief of when you want it or don't want it. We we grew up, we both grew up in Northern California, as you guys know. This is a, a family affair, um, and uh, I mean Matt's a. I call him a good kid. He's older than me, but, um, <laughs> and, and like, you know, they had a hot tub. I know you had some epic late night hot tub parties. There might've run from the five Oh on a few occasions, hidden the bushes, uh, family covered for him. Like he he's, you should ask him about it over cocktails sometime. He'll tell you some good stories. Would have loved to do that. at they kind of just got pulled in a million directions. Yeah. So, well, we'll say, you know, there's plenty more podcasts to have. So there's a there's a, a question that the tens and tens are are looking to have answered here. You know, normally when people use all three of their names, you know, I only know like really like famous assassins that are doing that. So we got Justin Trevor Winters with us. Is there uh is there a reason that the the Trevor is is front and center? It's so funny. I I used to tell this story quite often uh, when I would introduce myself in different capacities, whether it was like on a podcast or a panel. And finally, someone came to me and they're like, you've overplayed that joke uh, and that story. You can't tell it anymore. So I was like, ah, but I loved it. No, it's funny because, you know, I'm I, I come from traditionally the entertainment industry as a screenwriter. And a lot of times when you have a writer, they go by all three names and it and it feels like this pretentious thing. And so I always had to preface, like, it's not a pretentious thing. The reason why I go by my full name is when I got into the entertainment industry, there were several Justin Winters that were already in the industry, uh, one of whom was in adult entertainment. So in order to distinguish myself, I was like, I can't be that Justin Winters. I have to, like, you know, use my middle name. Uh, So that's why I went by Justin Trevor Winters. 
uh, which my mom was actually really excited about. She's like, I gave you that middle name. You should use it. Uh, so, so yeah, it was just so that people didn't confuse me with the porn actor. Uh, <laughs> I think it was, I think he was more like soft core, like, uh, uh, Skinamax or like red shoe diary. I think there was like some it makes it better. But then it gave him like the feeling of like, Hey, there's, there's a career beyond this. I can work my way up to from acting to writing. And you could have like, you helped him maybe feel that a little bit. Well, and it was always a fallback for me too. I was like, if I don't accomplish all the things that I need to accomplish, then I will become that Justin Winters, <laughs> you know, and maybe be really happy. But yeah, that's, that's the reason why I uh, go by the, my full name. Gotcha. So Andrea, after Magnum left, he he had to leave Sunday morning from Datacon. Um, Andrea pulled me over into your, this is, must've been like right before you started getting sick uh, Sunday night when after you guys got back from your your boat cruise and i got pulled over there and i don't know if one if it was one of you guys that told me but there was some controversy about uh some 50 dollar shots that i was told a bunch of pineapples were doing shots and and threw them on the tygon's bill so <laughs> you know we are a detective agency you know magnum mag and pops so we looked into it and, you know, we interviewed people and we, you know, we went to the tape and we figured out after a long search that we know who the, we know who the culprit was and okay. it wasn't a pineapple. It was slick. Yeah. He was the guy. Yeah. And it's funny because I, uh, I was talking to general Dole who happens to be, so all of these, so just for, for John's sake, like, all of these names are like names of pineapples from the secret pineapple study that we own. So I own Sheriff Popper, who's a play on Sheriff Hopper from Stranger Things. Love and it. we got Magnum Pineapple. And now General are you are you name are you naming them yourself or do these uh, when you buy it, does it come with the name? Well, these the the custom ones come with a name. So my guy came with a name. Yeah. Um, and he was designed. Oh, you have a one of one or a custom one? Yeah. Yep. And custom, so did... like you were able to create it, or was no. it like a one of one? A one of one. Yeah. Uh -huh. I didn't create it. I opened it up and there he was. So, oh. yeah, he was. Wait, yeah. how? what are the chances of that? And you're running a podcast, or did that give you the clout and the ability to then start a podcast? I mean, I I'm trying to understand this. This seems like. Magnum, do you have one as well? A one of one that was also named? Yes, like, he does. Well, yes, but so uh, Popper over there, he opened his, he he minted, I don't know, 25, 28 cans on, on the opening day. And uh, I got like one and I waited a couple months because I didn't get anything good. And then I saw um, Magnum on the boards uh, for for a cheap price for a custom at the time. Oh, now. okay, I see. And so I grabbed them. It was between him and uh, the Luke Skywalker one. And I, you know, I chose the the good smile and mustache, clearly. Uh, and the rest yeah. is history. Yeah, I love both of those pineapples. The Hopper one, my buddy who I grew up with, who actually was a big inspiration for me getting into entertainment to begin with, he was like obsessed with movies um, so whenever I go to his house, we'd geek out and watch every movie that was out there, but he does all the post-production sound work for stranger things. 
he's actually won a couple Emmys for it, which is pretty incredible. But so he's constantly getting content and footage before the seasons come out. Um, so obviously, uh, I can't, I don't want him to end up in prison, but, uh, I get to see a lot of really <laughs> exciting or fired, <laughs> or fired. uh, he'll remain nameless. Uh, but it's, yeah, I, I was really excited about the last season coming out. Um, having seen some of this stuff and I, I, I love that show. So that's, that's a, that's a cool pineapple to have. Yeah. So we kind of, uh, we both ended up with these two pineapples that kind of work together like that. And I've known Magnum for going on 20 years now. So we, we go back and it, it just so happened that we, you know, we kind of threw the idea back and forth a bit. We had the perfect pineapples to do it. And I don't know if you guys are aware of some of the stuff that went on with data drop when they, uh, didn't renew their domain name. Did you, did you guys catch that? Uh, remind, well, tell John. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good one. I'm going to use that sometime. Um, so basically there was this, this Friday, I forget when it was maybe back in like February, uh, April ish. And literally the domain name for thetadrop.com expired and it was not renewed in time. So the, the site went down and then there's a scramble in the background for hours to get the site back up. So there was, there was other little things that led up to it. But then as soon as that happened, we talked amongst ourselves and we're just like, all right, you know, we're going to start this, this pine cast and we're just going to, you know, kind of be like, a parody on the news and just, you know, hold people accountable. Basically the idea was to hold data drop accountable. And then just, you know, it, it turned into that along with just kind of reporting like the different activities on Twitter, like getting to know some of the different projects and stuff. So it's been, it's been pretty fun. Wait, you're holding data accountable. Isn't data kind of like your boss in some ways, like, or. They don't pay me. Yeah. yeah We're yeah. losing money doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a podcast, of course. <laughs> so you, okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, to his point, though, after our first groundbreaking episode, they had an AMA afterwards, and Mitch apologized for the domain debacle. So one episode in, we, we got a big apology for the community, not me, uh, <laughs> for that, for that, because... Uh, you know, in spoiler too, there's usually an auto renew feature uh, when you set up websites. I don't know if you heard about this yes. all over the news. Um, <laughs> breaking, breaking news. Right. Yeah. So, and I learned this when I made a website because I don't know what the hell I'm doing either. And uh, it's it's all set up to to get renewed when the time comes. But well, like and you're saying, someone at Theta forgot that to click that you know button. Yeah, I think the joke was they had like a raging hot tub party over there. And just kind of forgot about it. That was <laughs> so they have it now. But what was the debacle? Did someone else buy it, or did they just re? No, they they, they now they fixed it. They had one and a half tweets uh, saying, "Hey, you know, we're looking into this," and then, "Hey, we fixed it," but not like, "Hey, guys, this is what happened. We're sorry about it. It's not going to happen again." That's I got all these, you know, pineapples on there. You know, they they're worth something to somebody. And uh, I can't access. Oh. I can't access them. What is that? That's not making me feel good. You know. Well, when they had their uh, their raging hot tub party. It's too bad it wasn't a hot tub time machine because then they could have gone <laughs> back in time and made sure to renew so that wouldn't have ever happened. So maybe you know 
someday we can create that. So speaking of time machines, I just watched Napoleon Dynamite last night and the the part with the time machine had me rolling. Like I couldn't I just couldn't stop laughing. It was so to me that was the best part of the movie. I, I so couldn't your first stop. time watching it? It was my it was first time his... watching it. And I'm sad. You know, it, I had to make sure that I got it in. Honestly, like the little bit of interaction that I had with you at ThetaCon, it helped me so much with that because I, you know, I feel like, I don't know, were you acting like a lot when you were playing that part? Because I feel like some of you is kind of that character, like the guy that I met at ThetaCon. Well, it was, you know, yeah, it was acting for sure. But, you know, we all exaggerate you know acting is just pulling from what you know there's a part of you deep down there somewhere uh mine wasn't super deep <laughs> it was like more surface level <laughs> well it was you know it was a it was a fun movie to watch for sure but cool. that time machine part man i i just i couldn't stop laughing and then i'm i'm literally putting my son to bed tonight and i'm laughing about it because <laughs> turn it off the thing doesn't work and then uncle rico comes out he's like yeah i could have told you that you know and then the next part in the in the market or whatever and he's still like walking yeah you know, <laughs> uh, but you, the one uh, thing i noticed in there was you guys there was some crystals that were yeah. put into the time machine uh-huh. and there's some there's something going on with crystals with tigons too or is is that just a random or is that related in some way? No, that's random. I, okay. you know, we're trying to keep the ties between Napoleon and Tigons extremely loose. Like, I mean, yeah, it's easy. You could say in the conceit of the Tigons when we came up with them. Sure. For sure. There was like, all right. It, it, it's a, it's a weird it's kind of a weird birth because we were like, well, we could do something. I wanted to do some art and I've never put my art out there for sale. I mean, I've always been into art. I've always been, I did all the drawings for the movie because Jared knew I liked to draw Jared has who wrote and directed the movie. But again, it was almost, you know, having talked for so many years about this movie and explained to people like how it was so perfect of a, pairing for Jared and I, because when I read it, I was like, yeah, there's so much of this, you know, like you said, is actually me. Like I draw a lot myself and I do these kind of things. I hybridize animals or creatures and I do weird, you know, hybrids of, you know, whether it's a humanized version of some frog or it's something that's the kind of artwork I did. Except I was, I was much better than Napoleon was, I thought. Um, so when it came time to, you know, when we thought about doing this NFT project, we were like, well, I've never put my artwork out there. The only artwork that people know of mine really is the Ligers and that kind of vibe. So we thought, yeah, we can stay a little bit in that world. Um, let's do another hybridized animal. I was always obsessed with like cats. I mean, the fact that he had me draw a Liger was like, well, this is this is bizarre because I don't even think he, he just said do a line in tiger bread for his skills of magic. And when I drew, I was like, well, I'm going to add this spiked tail and I'm going to add this things where it's, it's kind of like an animal, even though ligers, he came up with the idea for ligers because they're real. And there really was a liger ranch 
that was nearby, like in a neighboring county where he grew up. And they got free. A bunch of them got free. And so there, it was a big news thing in that area, in like southern Idaho, northern uh, Utah kind of area. And he just remembers that as a kid, you know, reading this newspaper, you know, heading of ligers are loose. And he was like, what are nobody knew what ligers were. And that's kind of how they were used for the film. But, you know, obviously ligers don't have magical properties or spiked tails. But that's when, you know, Jared came to me just like, let's just throw this in there kind of as a little bit of a nod. And I was so used to doing the kind of weird again. I drew a picture. I really should share. Maybe I'll, I don't know. I'll talk to Justin about making, making that a one of one, but I literally have this picture from like junior year called the lion beast. And it's this lion creature with wings and a, basically a spiked tail. I mean, it's almost identical. And Jared had no, no idea I did this. So I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so my world. And so when it came to doing the Pagons, we're like, I told Justin, he'll tell you, I was like, well, yeah, I get it. It's kind of a reversal of the Liger, but that's it. Like, I don't want to do anything else that's like Napoleon related. You know, we don't have our Ligers wearing, our Tigons wearing moon boots or anything like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it, it's, that's the connection. I wanted people to kind of see. Plus, I love doing those kind of drawings where ones that are supposed to, you know, they're, it's not my exact, I lo- have lots of different styles. But the Tigon style is kind of like the Liger style, where it looks uh, kind of cool, but it kind of looks kind of, you know, butt-headed-y. You know, like <laughs> looks a little crusty and something drawn by like a, you know, seventh grader. That's funny that you mentioned the moon boots, because my buddy had those same exact moon boots. And, yeah. it was, and, and I didn't realize that they were called, he called them moon boots. I had never seen them before, but oh, yeah. then, I, then I noticed that you, the Napoleon was wearing them. That's, and that's oh, yeah. from the, the same time frame. I mean, I only wore them out in the snow. Right. I love that he wore them all year. Yeah. Cool. So the shoes, the shoes makes a man. I, didn't realize how much like you make a character you you like whatever you do on the feet or some kind of physical trait that's just so iconic and different and unique you know i was just gonna say going back to kind of the origin story of the tigons you know i i knew john as an artist and and as he mentioned before uh you know i was very aware that he did the artwork for napoleon dynamite so when we were kind of looking at who we wanted to work with and collaborate with, he was a natural fit. And like John and I have known each other for over a decade now, and we're always looking for different ways to work together creatively. Um, so we've kind of started and stopped a bunch of different projects and, and this one just felt really right for us. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I called him and asked him, you know, what he knew about this space of creating digital art. And he said to me, you know, it's really funny that you mentioned this because I was just on set and someone was telling me about these NFTs and creating artwork. And it sounded really interesting. So this might just be serendipitous. And so we kind of just went from there. And I think what's really exciting too, when you talk about kind of this not being some sort of short-term play, but more of, you know, a full roadmap and a long-term play is 
to what John was saying before, John has a twin brother, Dan, and the two of them have had versions of, of Tygons in their head and the story since they were kids. You know, they've been, they've been creating the artwork, they've created the, the stories and the comics and all of that. So now the beauty is we get to go back to a lot of that, reimagine it, bring it to life now in a lot of different capacities. So the, the initial drop was great. You know, John created over, God, a hundred and something assets for these Tygons. Uh, uh, it was 200. It was 200. Yeah. 200. It was like <laughs> around 200. I think it was just over 200. It was crazy. So, I, and I remember going to John in the beginning and I was like, oh, don't worry about it. You just need a master of the Tygon and then probably like 20 or 30, you know, <laughs> different accessories and wearables. He's like, okay. And then I'd call him back and be like, Oh, just maybe about 10 or 20 more. Okay. Just about maybe, maybe 30 more. What about this one? It was just like over the months uh, I've like, was like, Oh gosh, do I have to tell him again that we need more stuff? But he was, you know, such a good sport and, and every time turned around and, and created something else that was so brilliant and original and fun. And for us, it was like, there's kind of a, there was a bit of a traditional NFT that was being created at the time. So we felt like this was something that was unique uh, and different um, that we could kind of make as our own and, and really build a community around it and, and hopefully get to a place where it almost, you know, became kind of like this cult uh, following. But I, but I think what's really great about it is, you know, so we create the, the 2d generative for, for theta, but then it's like, okay, now what do we do with this to continue to bring it to life? And that was, okay, well, there's this whole new thing called Web3 and and these, you know, these platforms that are a part of the metaverse. And how do we bring them to life in avatar form? You know, can we create almost like a video game? Can we create an immersive experience where people can take the Tigons that they have and have them in a new space? And so that's when we really started exploring the sandbox amongst others. And John got to work on that. What is, what is the landscape look like? What does the world look like? What do the characters look like? What's the gamification and really started building that out, which we've been working on for several months. And again, the natural progression out of that is okay. So we're, we actually, and I don't think John, you even know this, but we have confirmation that the Tigons will be coming out in season four uh, alpha season four for the sandbox that won't be q3 or four of next year so we are looking at collaborations where we can come out earlier uh, and mm-hmm. do some fun stuff but we're like okay what else do we do for the community and what's the natural progression for this this world of tygonia forever for infinity and it's like what about the animated series and and you know john obviously connected with rob feldman and psycho ko and we kind of saw the way that that was getting put together and we're like okay how do we do the same thing for Tigons. Um, I've had a few meetings actually this week because I can talk again, which has been great. Um, And we're already getting courted by financiers and also animation uh, artists and and animation studios that are wanting to help facilitate that. So it's like now this, this idea that kind of just happened from us having conversation naturally coming to the conclusion that, oh, Tigons would be really fun. They'd be great. It's a part of John, who he is as a creator his art form, his childhood, uh, and now to see it grow into all of these bigger things, I think is, is really fun for us. And I think the sky is kind of the limit for that. And then the last thing I'll say on it, which I always love, because John called the, the artwork crusty. 
<laughs> I always love when he uses that term, which is fun, but also not to speak for John, but he, he always says, you know, what would Sherman do? Um, and, you know, Sherman is the kid in the back of the class in like fourth grade that's completely zoned out, not paying attention, but focused in on his artwork, the world that he's creating, the, you know, the galactic cosmic battles that are going on, the different creatures that he's created. Um, and that's kind of, you know, a big part of the inspiration, which I think is going to continue to be really fun for us because I actually talked to an animation studio yesterday and they were like, well, what, what's the visual that you're looking for? And I'm like, well, you need to sit down with John. We need to make sure that we bring that to life. But, you know, some of the inspiration is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Thundercats and He-Man and all that. But I'm like, but it's crusty, right? So like you, you, there can be an element of like, it's still Sherman in the back of the classroom, like scribbling this shit together. So if like a couple cells fall apart or like a face rearranged, you know, like all those things, I think. <laughs> can be fun for the overall aesthetic and storytelling. So it's it's been a it's been a cool adventure like seeing all of this world and these characters come to life having started with just the the 2D 2D drop on theta and bringing the community and everyone with us. Is Verified Labs involved with the Psycho show? Yeah, so so basically uh the short answer is yes. We're a little bit more on the periphery. Um the the I think People have been asking, like, what exactly is Verified Labs? And the easiest way to sum it up is we're an agency and a studio. We're an agency in the sense that we have access to a lot of talent from actors and actresses to musicians and athletes and influencers and all of that and brands. And what's happening now, even though we're in a bear market and, you know, with the FTX thing and the lawsuits going on, like Giselle and Tom Brady and Steph Curry and Magnum. Larry David all getting sued. A lot of talent is scared to get in the space because they're like, oh, crypto is the same as blockchain is the same as Web3 and metaverse and NFT. They don't know the difference. So it has been a little bit more of an uphill battle with that. But but we're really we have access to a lot of talent that wants to be able to have opportunities in this space. And so that's what we're doing. Right. Like John's a friend. It was a natural fit. I love working with him. It made sense. But we're also you know, we've talked like you guys have heard we're throwing a Tupac concert. You know, we're working with Dog the Bounty Hunter. We've talked to Jay Balvin about an experience, like all these different people. So we're an agency at the core where we're creating content for the artists that want to create it. But we're also a studio in the sense that we um, can uh, outsource to find the resources to do the creation. Like we're working with a team that's bringing everything in the sandbox to life because they know how to work with voxels, right? we'll be working with an animation studio to bring John's vision of Tygonia forever and for infinity to life in animation form. So for psycho KO, we're just a big fan of, of Rob and the art and everything. And, and so he came to us specifically, my cousin Matt and was like, Hey, you know, we're a fan of the Tygons. We're a fan of what you're doing. Would John be interested in, in potentially looking at psycho KO, maybe even voicing a character and we were like, yeah, of course, like we'll talk to him about it. We'll show it to him and, and you guys can connect and see if there's some synergy there. So that all happened. And not to speak for John, but, you know, he obviously responded positively to the artwork, to Rob, to what they were trying to do and felt comfortable enough to be like, hey, I want to invite my friends along, you know, from Napoleon Dynamite. And so with that kind of introduction and John being a partner with Verified Labs, we were like, well, we'd love to be a part of this as a producing partner, um, having brought in some of the talent. Let us know how else we can help with the process. So if that's bringing more talent, 
if that's bringing additional financing, if that's looking for blockchain, you know, obviously we're working with Replay TV, but like, what are the other resources we can have? You know, our, our connections run pretty deep where it's like, if the end goal is to go on an actual streamer, uh, you know, a major streamer for distribution, you know, it's like my friend just uh, became, is running, you know, adult animation comedy for Netflix. So it's like, if that's the end goal, cool, we can help facilitate that. So we're really here to help just in any way, shape and form that we can um, with that project, because we all love it and believe in it also. And and we're all about working with people that we like, that are fun to work with, that don't take themselves too seriously, uh, you know, that jump off of yachts and bogs and end up in the <laughs> cars. Uh, we, we actually, and you should, there's a, <laughs> we just, I don't know if John knows this. There's a great clip of John getting hosed off a self-imposed hosing uh, on the boat that has made its way uh, online. That we we just released a, a video on Instagram and Twitter of our experience at ThetaCon, which is worth watching. So th- if you want to know our vibe and and how uh, seriously we take ourselves, that's about that's that's kind of it. Uh, <laughs> we're here to have fun, make art, you know. Hopefully, make a little bit of money along the way and and get people excited about the different projects. Sounds kind of like us. <laughs> minus exactly the art like minus yeah. the art i'm not I'm no, I'm no artist <laughs> um so are, i i know you guys are you know building the metaverse is, is the entire metaverse everything you're doing is that all on the sandbox a lot of what we're doing is on the sandbox um we it was kind of this thing where the we worked with a company generative nfts.io to create the generative for uh the tigons for theta and Jim and Wendy over there said, hey, you should meet our friends uh, at VoxelOcean uh, that are doing a lot of interesting things in the sandbox. And so I didn't, we didn't really know a lot about the, the sandbox outside of Matt had bought some land and invested in it and had been tracking it and seeing big brands and big names getting involved, you know, from Snoop Dogg to, uh, you know, Care Bears and, and Atari and and it looked like a smart investment as we're building out these different platforms in the space. Um, and so we started doing our research and we found out kind of what they were doing, primarily the fact that they were going to be mobile, which means they would reach, you know, two and a half billion gamers. We were like, oh, this is a good platform to get content out there. When I for you know, when I think anyone first hears metaverse they immediately go like ready player one. Um, so when I was first introduced to the sandbox, I was like, what is this Atari uh, like original? It Sega looks like Apple. Minecraft. That's what I kept saying. It just totally. looks like Minecraft. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this is not what I was envisioning. But then I started to understand what they were trying to accomplish. And the fact that like the amount of battery life and, you know, I, I'm going to say quantum mechanics and and all of the things that go into creating the metaverse, like their, their, their approach is actually a smart one. You know, whether your team sandbox, Decentraland, horizons, like everyone has an argument of why they're going to be great and why they're not going to be great, but it just made sense for us. And I, and I kind of, there was a weird nostalgic thing where I was like, this looks like I had an Atari. I had the orig- original Sega Master System. I was I was a Sega 
over Nintendo because we were like, we had to be the different kids on the block. Um, you mean the lame uh, kids on the block? I mean, we had a Turbo. Matt Winners got a Turbo Graphics 16. We uh, had one too. We so we went over. Know. We took it over Super Nintendo because it looked awesome. It looked yeah, awesome. But- and and just real quick, the reason why we wanted it was because we wanted to get Bonk's Adventure. We never freaking oh. owned it. Yeah. No, trust me. I I think. It was, we were always pushing back on, on, you know, the Nintendos of the world, which was, I still like, you know, Contra and some of those are my favorites, but it, it, there was a weird nostalgia to it where I was like, this weirdly works for Tigons, you know? And we were like, what else can we do in the space? So we, we created a, a verified labs hub where it's like basically Miami vice from the eighties. Like we have palm tree line streets, a yacht, uh, you know, beaches, bikinis, like overwater bungalow office spaces. Uh, it's, you know, it's like uh, Studio 54 at night and then just straight sweaty Miami beach during the day. And and so we kind of looked at it as how do we create like a universal studio? So you have the hub where you can get work done, take meetings, do development, also be entertained. There's some retail, uh, but then you go in any direction and one direction you go to Tigonia, one direction you go on bounty hunts with Dog the Bounty Hunter, another you go and watch a Tupac concert. Another, we built a historic theater where we're going to have movie premieres uh, and work with film festivals to go see it. So that was kind of the first destination in the sandbox, but we're working on a deal now. It's it's not finished, but uh, we're not really like under NDA on it. And I, I feel pretty confident we're going to be able to do something. But uh, TJ Miller is really interested in, in oh, getting into the Web3 space. And he wants to be one of the biggest comedians in the space. Um, he's very knowledgeable about it. Obviously, people know him from Silicon Valley and Ready Player One. And and so he gets it and he's just looking for the right opportunity. And so we were like, how do we stand up comedy and a comedy special is difficult to achieve in the metaverse? Because it's like, are you going to have a live audience? That's a complication. Are you not? Are there facial expressions? Are there laugh tracks? Like all these different things. We've had pushback from Sandbox, Roblox uh horizons tried to do it with their comedy club it's been really challenging so we're like how do we reinvent stand-up comedy so that it makes sense and it works in this space of web3 that's immersive but not the traditional i'm sitting in a nightclub listening to stand-up or watching it on netflix and so the idea for tj right now is we've created an avatar we're creating avatars for him for every single platform from fortnite to minecraft to roblox to decentraland to sandbox and he's going to start the show kind of like the old Seinfeld episodes, you know, Seinfeld <laughs> would open up with stand up and yeah. kind of present what the episode was going to be about the major themes, poke fun at people. So the intro to the show is going to be him talking about whatever is the current event, making fun of it. If it's the FTX debacle, you know, skewering that, which he's really good at roasting it. And then after a few minutes, we're going to set him loose in a different experience and in that experience, he's going to run around roasting the experience and the people involved. So you can imagine like Playboy is about to have their 69th anniversary party in the sandbox. If you let him alone in there for 10 minutes running around or like Paris Hilton's birthday that's coming up. Right. Or like, you know, the Smurfs, like we, we were joking around. We're like, he could dress up as like hobo Papa Smurf, you know, looking for magic mushrooms and like just what he does in his wheelhouse and has fun with it. So it's like, yes, some of that is in the sandbox, but it's like, what is the biggest experience in Fortnite that he can go crash and have fun with as his own avatar? 
um, to just have fun and do comedy in the space. Wh- what is that in Roblox? You know, what is that in Horizon when they open back up? So that's, I think, going to be kind of the gateway to allow us to do some of these other things where it's like, yes, we have Tupac that's going to be performing in Sandbox, but why can't we replicate that in Decentraland? You know, why can't we ultimately replicate that in Roblox? It's Now it's just a matter of how do we make the strategic relationships and partnerships so that they know we have access to all of this talent and how do we facilitate that? Um, and, and I think there's probably, you know, for us, even with Tigons, like an opportunity to diversify over platforms, you know, one day everyone wants to be able to have these different platforms work together or, you know, your Tigon takes a portal from the sandbox into Decentraland and it turns into the Decentraland version of that Tigon. So, you know, we would love to be able to accomplish that. It's just a matter of technology, resources, timeline. And, you know, for us, it'd be great to, uh, you know, we're working on it. You guys have maybe heard a little rumblings behind the scenes, and this is more Matt Winters in charge of this, but, you know, we're looking at a, a token uh, and K-Fuel and, and how we can potentially generate some revenue, how we can do a small raise. So a lot of the things that we're talking about, we can scale, have the money in our bank account to really do it. Because um, right now it's like, where's the money coming from? How do you have the money? to be able to invest in all of this, knowing that in for the long term, it is an investment and there's going to be an ROI on it. So those are, I want to be able to be everywhere. That's the goal, but that's going to take time and resources. Well, it certainly sounds like you are heading in that direction full speed. And yeah, K-Fuel, it's pretty cool. You guys are basically already set up completely for staking. We're just waiting on those few weeks from data drop to, to finish up, uh, the few weeks that date back, what, 202 uh, days? Right yeah, now. 202 days as of Plus, today. I remember uh, Matt and Brian when they were on here, you guys counting the days, and that was probably at least 30 to 60 days ago, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been counting. counting for a while. We, you we guys added... need like a, a, a something in the background that just has the number, you know? We we added a reverse countdown on the website, poppinmags.com. <laughs> The number, the number two place to go for Pop and Mag's content. So check it out. You got time. Perfect. Did you guys get Pop and Mag's tattoos yet? Yeah. Have not. Has anyone gotten a Secret Pineapple Society tattoo yet? I was told there was a couple of them. There's like two. Oh, really? That's I did not know about that. General Dole, friend of the Pinecast, he, he mentioned that at ThetaCon, that there was like two of them right now that he knows of. So that's that's a goal. So I I I teach screenwriting as well. Um, I have for quite a while, and I talk to my students and writers that I work with. One of the most, one of the biggest compliments you can get is to have someone dress up as a character that you've created. They dress up for them as Halloween. Um, you know, you're talking about Napoleon Dynamite before. You still see kids of all ages dressing up as those characters for Halloween almost you know 20 years later, which is a testament to the strength of that that film and of that comedy and, and how much it's impacted the world. And so, yeah, our our goal with Tigons is I, I want to be able to go out on Halloween sometime and see people dressed up in Tigon outfits, you know, of all ages. I think the tattoo would be hilarious, amazing, you know, fans in our in our support network and in our community. I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been one yet. Uh, but those are that would be hilarious. Well, they some of them may try to get Tigon tattoos because they they keep saying that. 
some of them. Yes. Yeah, a lot of your big supporters uh, got on the show and they're calling them Tigons. I'm like, what's a Tigon? I thought it was a I thought it was a Tigon. I mean, did we ever not say it out loud? Like, you know, you know, it's it's all so much of his text space, whether it's on Twitter or on Discord or anything like that. So I don't know. Yeah, do we have to like write Tigon with the uh, with the little pronunciation <laughs> like Justin does in his uh, in his email? Yeah. Well, it's funny because like I, people still call me Jason all the time. There was an article that just got released and it was Justin T winter. You know, it's like, I still, most of the time when I'm talking with people, especially if John and I are going to do like a podcast or a panel or something, they're like, uh, okay. So when John header gets here and I'm like, do we not know that it's heater at this point? Like I get it when you see it on paper, it can look like header, um, but it's like, it's one of those things. I, I actually hadn't heard Tegon until we were at uh, ThetaCon and a few people were like, uh, I think it was when we were taking photos in front of the huge inflatable Tigon where someone was like, oh, oh, look at it, it's a huge Tegon. And I was like, do we Sounds have a- so weird to hear. You know, like, yeah. Like yeah. a T-Rex Tigon? Is it a Tegon? Like, like the Tegons are here too? <laughs> yeah. uh, Cousins. Well, I will say at first when you said Tigon, I was thinking you were talking about Tugon, as in the Tupac, which was almost Tupon. What wasn't it? What was it? What were you going to get? It was Tupon. almost Tupon. 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 Which I love. Uh, which <laughs> we probably should have gone with. Uh, no, right? Tupon. Tupon. Yeah, because everyone's like, "Oh, it's that's feminine hygiene. We can't do that." Um, <laughs> Tupon. But I think that's what's so great is that's like the crusty. That's the. It's like. You take Tupac, who's great, but then you call it Tupon, and you're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So if I remember our conversation with your cousins correctly, basically you guys are going to be dropping a sandbox avatar for every Tegon that that people own, right? I got it. You're not not helping, Pops. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You guys are going to be dropping avatar like uh, sandbox avatars for yeah. Tigon holders, but the the avatars are not necessarily going to match what the Tigon owners hold, right? Correct. Yeah. Let it, let me say this: like Matt Winters is amazing, uh, and has really been the the one involved in supporting the community you know, helping run the discord, doing tons of different raffles and challenges and engaging the community with different one of ones that John's created and all these different things. So he's really at the forefront of that. And I, he came to me and he was like, yeah, let's, let's make sure that we're taking care of the community and let's, let's make sure that we airdrop and give them all avatars. And I was like, I agree with you, but this, you know, at the end of the day, we, we need to figure out where to get some more money then, you know, like, because we need to be able to afford to do all this stuff, but I, but I, I get it. I do want to reward them. So I I just let him make those decisions, which we let him make those decisions, which he does. And I think they're the right ones. And yeah, I think what it's going to be is the, and John, you can speak to this too, because ultimately you're, you're creating this avatar, but it'll be an avatar that will be dropped to any NFT owner. And then they will be able to accessorize, you know, with wearables and skins as they see fit, which will create. So anywhere from the jet packs 
you know, to the fanny packs and all of those, you know, spike ball tails, nunchucks, all of that will be available. So it's if you want the eye patch and different things that your Tigon or Tigons like yours have, you can create it or at least close to a version of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I think it, it would be unless there's a way to like, yeah, I don't know. It would that'd be a computing to figure out like what matches what everybody has i guess i don't know anyway yeah i don't know enough about that yeah i mean you know they're they're, you're cape we're capable of doing a avatar generative it would take a a good amount of money time and resources but it can be done but i think probably for the initial (laughs) phase it's at least getting people the avatar that are in the community so that they can go enjoy themselves when the experience is available in the sandbox. And then the sandbox also has a way that they run things. So there's only going to be a certain amount of accessories and wearables and skins that are available. Uh, And with time, I think, as you show success and their sales and people are excited and um, then you can kind of grow. But it's like they're limiting people from being like, oh, I'm going to drop a thousand things and no one's going to buy anything. Right. So like, how do we do a limited amount where maybe they're, you know, they have kind of this, um, I don't know how much you guys know about the sandbox, but it's like, if you drop a legendary uh, NFT or accessory, that means there's very few, maybe there's one, two, three, four, five. So it's like, if you don't get the jet pack and you really want it, you're going to have to buy it from someone, right? So there's additional action on the secondary market. And, and they kind of have these this scale of like, okay, you can release five of this one, 50 of this one, and 100 plus of this one. Uh, so that'll kind of, you know, we'll, we'll play by their rules in delivering that. But yeah, I think it'll be a fun thing for the community to, to have those avatars and to I'm I'm excited for them to use their creativity to build the one that they want to, uh, to their specific, you know, desires. Yeah, that sounds cool. John, are you actually the one doing the artwork for the attributes on the avatars as well? Well, not like not building the 3D versions of them in the sandbox, but I, I've always worked very closely with um our guy who our engineer who kind of designs a lot a lot of that stuff i do the i always do everything starts out 2d and everything up until then yeah we don't have a lot of new stuff but yeah up until then you know it's all been 2d for me and then i work with our guys and they they 3dify it so are you working more along the lines of the the the, uh the animation right now yeah yeah it's it's kind of like it's still world building, doing all the backstory, and then we're going to be, uh, and then I'll be designing some characters. Um, just that's what I'm working on now is designing the characters, story wise, and also visually. You know what these main characters look like, um, which is all in turn, you know, helping to flesh out the world of the Tigons even more. Because you know that is that's the hope we had from the beginning is. You know, I, I saw this opportunity to bring Tigons to life and then talking to Justin, really like a lot of these ideas we talked about, you know, properties that I had created when I was in high school and how I can really combine and bring a lot of that stuff existing in the same universe in terms of story. 
So you love Tygons, but then we have a bunch of ideas for spin-off characters and other things, but they can all be tied back kind of to the same universe. And so the more we do with like the cartoon, we'll certainly open that up. But everything moving forward is like, how does this, you know, connect to the universe and how directly, how directly does it connect to the Tygon homeworld and what they're about? And, uh, and, and also how can that work in the sandbox, in the metaverse, you know, because a lot of this stuff was created due to, well, because I created, you know, just a quick, a little input is when I originally created the Tigons, I made them with big heads, but it wasn't really a big head. It was just more like a perspective. It's like they have, you're focusing on the head with this little body because I wanted to pop as visually like you see the head. But then it kind of turned into this thing when they originally designed the, the uh, when they originally designed the 3D version of them for the sandbox. They took it directly from my drawings. And so we had these Tigons running around with big heads and little bodies. And so I kind of worked that into the lore, if that makes sense. So a lot of it really was what I think will be fun to followers now and followers to come, people who are in the community, seeing how so much of the the world of Tigons and everything we bring uh, in that world is not only, you know, ideas resurrected from my childhood, but also born out of necessity because of the mechanics of NFTs and the metaverse, you know? Two two things. First of all, John, you need to tell them what you've created and why they have these enlarged heads, because I think that's brilliant. And I also think you probably should tease a couple of the other characters if you feel comfortable doing so, because their their names are hilarious and they're pretty genius. The name? Oh, are you talking about the skin tours? I mean, that's one of them, <laughs> Cro- or, or Crocovark. So, oh, Croc. Well, Crocovark. Crocovark's just an animal. That's just yeah. an animal of many. We have a Crocovark that's a crocodile aardvark. You know, a big part of the Tigons world is these hybrid animals that they are creating constantly. And so it kind of, you know, it's almost like, do you remember the old um, 80s cartoon called The Wuzzles? Oh, yeah. There was like a lion, bumblebee, like yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Bumble lion or something. I, I had him. I don't remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So imagine that, but it's kind of like, that's very much what the Tigons are about. Except it's not the cutesy version. It's much more, but it's the idea that you have all these, whether they're characters, some of them might be characters, some of them might be more just like the animals. A lot of the main characters, at least in our Tygon story, is Tygons themselves. But within that world, anything is possible. There's, um, you know, and, and also, you know, the Tygons love to experiment. So there's a lot of uh, experimentation going on without, you know, giving away too many ideas. Well, the idea of the Tygons with the big head going back to that was that it's simply an age thing as the tigons grow older their heads swell with uh, wisdom and knowledge but their brains adapt to that their brains are not that big but they have the biological ability to oh as you gain more information and knowledge your head has to make space for that so their skulls and their heads can actually enlarge and their entire cranium and head 
will grow larger in size, leaving their body the same size, sometimes even making space, their bodies will shrink a little bit. So if you ever hang out with some Tigons, the big headed ones are the smarter and the older ones. Can you give them a little bit about the Spaciacs? Uh, yeah, the Spaciacs are going to be there in the um, in the sandbox uh, world that we create. But the Spaciacs is kind of the placeholder name. You know, we're still working on the uh, the name for them uh, right now, the uh, the technical name for them. But yeah, they are these essentially, they are the Tigons um, RVs is the best way to, you know, these floating RVs that they travel through space uh, on top of and within. They are these big cavernous creatures that are hairy on the outside, but on the inside, they actually have multiple empty, like, gosh, I got to come up with words for all these, but they're essentially like an apartment, a floating apartment building. So it's almost like you take a space cruise, but instead it's inside this living, you know, space yak. And that's the best way we could describe it. They don't quite look like yaks, but they have giant horns and they feed off of like solar radiation and they are not your normal kind of creatures. But yeah, the, the, uh, the Tigons travel within them and they kind of are there whenever they travel to different planets. Um, they live within those space yaks. It's like a part giant apartment bills because these space yaks are humongous. They can house up to like a couple thousand Tigons at a time. Wow. Um, I heard some people talking about yak piss. Is yeah. that, is that, what is that? I mean, well, you know, um, I don't want to drop all our stuff right now. I okay, mean, you don't have to know, no pressure. No you pressure. won't know all the stuff, but yak piss is a, um, yeah, it's a, it's a delicacy. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, I don't know if you call it a delicacy, but it's a go-to, um, it's a go-to, uh, uh, drink that they, um, they love. And they okay. hawk it around. Um, they, it will be for sale. It will give you extra, like, it'll probably, you know, it has a lot of nutrients and stuff like that. I don't know if it actually gets you drunk. I'm not sure if it's that, but there's definitely fermentation going on there because it's, you know, it's pee. But they have so much of it because it comes from the yaks. But, um, well, I'm not going to give it all away right now, but, you know, you'll find out later. And it's not quite exactly what it appears to be. But that's, I, I that's think there down is, the road. There is some natural fermentation that is involved. So, you know, yeah. it'll, it'll create, uh, you know, some sort of uh, response to it. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. There'll be some kind of thing, whether it's getting drunk or if it's some kind of uh, barbiturate or if it's some kind of stimulant, something will have an effect, something that will bring the drinker back multiple times. Mm hmm. Is, yeah. is this a sandbox thing or is this a, a, a... well, it's within the lore and all that okay. stuff will be, yeah, within the sandbox for sure. There, I have not seen the latest rendition and yeah. John, maybe you have, but there are, there are rivers of it. I believe and, in and the I, sandbox, there will be a river of yak piss. And, and the reason I know is the big conversation, as I told you, this is very important business that we do here, was what the color <laughs> yeah. of the yak piss was going to be. And there was a, a big debate about what it was. I, I'm just convinced that it should be glowing in some capacity or almost like a, you know, like a hyper color T-shirt where you breathe into it and it maybe even changes a little bit of color. But That'd be amazing. Uh, 
Yeah, ultimately, you know, like a sweater that says this shirt was soaked in yak piss. And then, you know, as you put your hand on it and it's like different colors. I want I really wanted to get hyper color T-shirts of like Tigons and Verified Labs for ThetaCon. Uh, We just didn't have the time or resources, but maybe next year. Those those things are great. But again, you know, all of this stuff, including the yak, yak piss river. Uh, you know, that's ultimately up to John and, you know, Dan to decide what the creative vision is of it. And then the rest of the team to help bring it to life. Um, and I think, you know, a, a cert- to a certain extent, what'll be fun when we get to the place is listening to the community, you know, because Yakpis was created from the community. They just started sending out like gifts and memes of like, you know, hundred percent yak piss, you know, and like the, the images and everything. So we're like, Oh, this is fun. Like, how do we incorporate this? So I think, you know, a lot of it is, is uh, supporting what they bring to the table too, if it makes sense for the overall vision, uh, which is great. Yeah. The thing, my suggestion, the thing with yak piss is just go with the flow, you know, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Exactly. John, did you name all of these attributes? I know I noticed that hero is in like many of the attributes and it seems to be just a, a common attribute. And I'm curious how that happened. Uh, yeah, though. Yeah. We named all the attributes um, when we were creating them and yeah, the hero really was the um, you might have to remind me because I believe the hero was, there was a base Tygon that I drew like, and so I call it the hero Tygon. Here's, because really, I mean, I not fully understanding exactly what I was getting into, like when we were talking about doing a generative drop and not realizing, like I drew the Tigon, but then realizing, oh, the original hero Tigon, no one's going to get that unless they, I suppose it could have been possible if it had no traits and no nothing. It was just the hero version of everything. So I think that's what the hero, if it says hero on it, then that would be part of the original like what that tiger? I know there's the hero hairdo, the hero eyes, the hero nose. Yeah, if you had only hero stuff, then you would have just the naked original, no attribute, like no perfect hero clothing or anything like that. What the perfect hero? Exactly the the hero too. I'm not sure if you guys know is a term that's used in filmmaking. Are you aware of that? Absolutely so, not. Really? So, uh, John, you know this. I mean, obviously, there's the hero of the story, but the hero is actually the prop, a specific prop that is used and handled by one of the main actors. It's the hero, meaning it's going to be in the film. So if the hero is something that's like, let's say it's like a statuette that they're going to be holding, um, they won't use the hero until they're actually doing the shot. Uh, They'll give them like a fake thing to hold because they don't want to get dirt or you're right actually yeah what you're describing is exactly what i was i didn't think that i was like oh yeah you're right to me that hero is indicating it's the original not so much that he's a hero but it's exactly what you're saying like this is the main one that we go back to everything else is just an alternate but our main guy or the one that, yeah, you're, I, I think that kind of falls in with what you're describing, Justin, right? Yeah, I think that's why we called it that, because we were like, okay, what is what is the hero Tygon? What is the one that we're attaching all of these things to? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. because we, we also were like, you know, there's, there's the hero Tygon, but then there's werewolf, there's robot, you know, there's alien. And so I would assume that's a term that most people get. Like when I wrote that, I just, that maybe, is that a filmmaking? Is that the filmmaker in me that's just wrote that and you got it, but nobody, everybody else thinks it's like, wait, this is a hero. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't have any idea. Out. We're two stupid pineapples. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, um, I, at the end of each semester, when I teach, I take uh, a class photo uh, because, you know, when my students go on to win awards and everything, I'm going to take all the credit. But I always make a joke where I'm like, it's the martini shot. Again, like a film term where it's like the very last shot of the last day is the martini shot, because then you go out and you enjoy some martinis, right? You celebrate the fact that you're done with everything. Um, and it's so funny because, uh, you know, especially in the grad program, they're like, martini shot. What does that even mean? I'm like, you just graduated <laughs> like seven years of studying film and you don't know what the martini shot is. So oh, you need to be on set to know that. I know you need to be on set. But that's the thing is, I think some of this terminology uh, you know, will probably carry over into this space. And I think the hero is just one of those Yeah, uh, in this case. Yeah. So now you know what the hero is, what it means, why there's so many, because there's the hero Tygon that most of these things are being adorned on. Thank you for that. And the 10s the and 10s uh, appreciate that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, guys, uh, uh, super appreciative of you guys coming on. This was awesome. Anytime, if, if you guys got something else coming up and, you know, you want two lowly pineapples to cover it, you we guys are welcome to hear anytime. About it. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> Certainly friends of the Pinecast here. And yeah, we're uh, we're looking forward to some yak piss ourselves. Can't wait to maybe take a swim in it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, thanks so much for having us. It's great. It was great, you know, meeting you guys. I thought ThetaCon was a success. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think you guys are doing great work. Keep calling out Theta when you need to. <laughs> you know, let's hold them to a high standard. I think as we hold ourselves to a high standard, that's Pineapple Society and Tigons. I think we're all going to do great stuff. You know, we're it's the beginning of something big. You know, it's going to take some time here. We're at the infancy stages, but being at the forefront of it, I think there's a lot to be excited about you know, just continuing to create in a space where people are going to start really consuming content differently. So anytime that we can hang out with you guys and talk about what you're, you know, up to and, and what we're working on, we'll, we'll take advantage of that. So th thanks for inviting us. It was fun. And yeah, we'll be back. John, thanks for giving us an hour and a half of your time too. I know it's uh, very valuable. So we appreciate it. Um, thank you, John. Thank no you, problem. Justin. Thank hey, you, Justin John, Trevor Winters. Last thing I'll say too, not to put you on the spot. Let's, uh, since I'm alive and I didn't die, let's connect this week. I want to see if we can still potentially, you know, we're talking about trying to accomplish an anniversary drop on yeah. Yeah. So that means uh, the third week in January uh, where we're going to do something special and do another drop. So we still got to get it confirmed from Theta, but we got to get some creative going on it too. So let's... Yeah. Uh, Let's touch base and get some of that going this week if we can. Sweet. All right. Cool. Start saving up, everybody. All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Take Thanks, care, guys. guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. have been listening to the Pops and Mags Pinecast. 
Music provided by Sushi Cat. Like what you hear? Send that cat a treat at feedthecat.theta. Pops and Mags is a scumbag hat production in association with Kyle's Hot Tubs.